That's you. Good morning. <laughs> I know it was me. I was clicking on the computer. I know. I understand. Um, good morning, everyone. It's uh, uh, 9.45 on Wednesday, April Fool's Day, April 1st, and I'm Dr. Kim Hannon. Wouldn't it be and funny? And I'm not fooling you. What? Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if this were a whole, a whole April Fool's joke, the whole thing? Yeah, that would that'd be awesome, yeah. right? But anyway, so welcome, Lou. And, um, and uh, anybody that's tuning in, I'm so glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, we were just talking about the fact that we've spent three weeks in a row talking about the coronavirus. And so I've tried to... Only about eight weeks to go, so... <laughs> I know, right? I've tried to do a little script in my head of like other things that we can move. I know it's going to keep coming back to that, but I'm trying to refocus even people in my practice to really focus on some of the more um, positive things and productive things and joyous things that are coming out of this because... You really don't have another choice to do anything but do that. Right. I mean, you do have other choices because there's plenty of people out there that are choosing to be... Joyous? Do you have a joyous Not one? joyous. They're, <laughs> they're choosing to be not happy, not joyous, lots of drama, miserable, you know, complain, complain. So we can talk about that, obviously, but I'd like to also talk about, you know, how to be making a good thing out of this because yeah. there are good things out of this, believe it or not. Um, you know, but it's always more fun to talk about the things that people are doing that are kind of off the rails and over the cliff and yeah and that are crazy and insane sounding and so on and so forth what but, i've noticed and we've talked about it is a complete lack in a society to let things go yes i mean and I, i'm not talking about let this go in the grand scheme of things but on but a monday yourself. night at 11 o'clock or right. a monday night at 10 o'clock it's all done for the day right you know zone out watch some trailer park boys or something well, so a common just pattern. Just let it go. My, Put it down. Well, for a common pattern hours. in my house yeah. is waking up in the morning and always turning on, you know, certain yeah. program which I won't mention. And I always, I haven't turned on nothing. And so my household, you know, is like, well, there's no TVs on. I'm like, yeah, we're because I don't want to hear the over and over and over of the negativity and who's dying. Because yeah, I mean that's the reality of some things, but it's not necessary to feed your brain with all the negativity. I mean, if you're yeah. constantly exposed to that then your day, your day is just set up to just be so miserable. Yeah. And Plus so, it's wrecking our perspective totally. Mm, right. You know? Exactly. And so and, and yeah, so what the media th is giving us is wrecking our perspective right. on the whole thing. And people thrive in that. And that's yep. so that's a and we were sort of talking about that before is that people thrive in misery. Misery yes. loves company and miserable misery loves even more miserable company. So Some people love the issue. They love the crisis. Right. Yeah. And so without it it's Mm, yep. not as fun or whatever. So I've been encouraging all my patients and anybody that's been contacting me in between because I have an increase in lots of anxiety and people around me that shut the TV off. I think that's one of the best things. Shut the TV off. You know, hear your, hear your sources from other things, but only do it maybe once a day. I mean, it's not really going to change your life if you're listening to an increase in how many cases there are right. or if, you know, it's it's not changing your life on a daily basis to hear 75 times today that there's one more case or somebody had this or something bad happened there. What is that doing for you? Yeah. Oh, it's like I talked about, 10 o'clock at night on a Monday night or a Tuesday night, put the social media down. Right. Instead of reading, hearing the story about the nurses that are overwhelmed and all this stuff, I, I understand it's there. There's nothing you can do about it. There, exactly. You know, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take it. You know, put it down well, for a couple hours. It's it's what's in your control, and and I exactly. I try to yeah. try to give something affirmative every day to people that. What is in your control? You have only so much in your control, and and usually I go down the list. It's what you eat, what you think what you wear, what you do when you drive, if you're driving, what you do with your words, 
everything else is outside of your control. So what what are you doing and what are your choices today to make yourself happy or joyous or filled or doing something that's more productive for you? Because you're, so you're sitting at home. (laughs) We just talked about this before we went on air. You're sitting at home and you're quarantined with lots of people that you live with, or you're not, you might be by yourself, which that might be fortunate for you sometimes because of what we were talking about, that people are home there and they're generating the off each other. There were times in the past week where I would have called that fortunate. You what? <laughs> there were times in the past week where I would have called that fortunate. Well, right. Yeah. So it's just dependent yeah. on, on where you're at in this circumstance, right? So yeah. being together with four people, say, in a four-family household after four weeks, yeah. I'm hearing lots of interesting stories and how to combat that and how to like not live in frustration or or anger or, you know, wanting yeah. to, you know, throw the kids out <laughs> or the spouse out. Right. I mean, I have a few clients that are in, you know, law enforcement, so on and so forth. And one of the things that's gone up is domestic violence, you know, and alcohol consumption, obviously, because yep. people don't have anything else to do, which mm-hmm. they do. There's lots of alternatives to doing that. But um, but people are frustrated and, and stressed and not thinking correctly because they're feeding off of all the other stuff we've talked about over the past few weeks. And, and it's like, it, why not find something good? Yeah. And isn't this uh, the whole put your own, put your mask on first, like the yeah. Thailand Airlines? Because yes. you can't do this 24-7. You can't, you can't swim in this 24-7 and still be able to carry on, especially for another month or another five weeks, six Ex- weeks, seven weeks, whatever Exactly. It is. Exactly. You've got and to give yourself a break. And that's why I think that, you know, that people keep going back to the negative is because the negative at least feeds them in their mind, but they're not looking for that positive. I mean, it's one of the reasons why people keep going back to that because it keeps driving every day. It's like a purpose. You know, we, we encourage in, in my field, we encourage people to find purpose every day, find sense of, sense of something really good about, you know, your next day, your next couple days, whatever. When people don't think that they have something to look forward to out here, out in the future, out in the world, right? And it's just like day-to-day stuck in the house, and that's the mindset because it gets the closed yeah. mindset instead of the growth mindset. People go right to the drama and what feeds them in that moment because the purpose is I get to get up, and then I have something to complain about, get on a Zoom chat with 40 people and talk about something miserable. Yeah. No, that's not everybody because right. I'm clearly seeing a lot of awesome things going on. Um, and certainly I'm involved in a few Zoom chats that are really great. Because we're focusing on not talking about that stuff and talking about good stuff and mm-hmm. talking about helping each other forward and, and what good comes out of this. But by and large, I'm seeing a lot of that, you know, that fear-driven purpose of, like, let's talk about gossipy stuff and, like, who's this and who's that and fighting. And uh, it's just yeah. not necessary. I think it's turning into frustration, too. I think the yeah. general thing, we, fear, we've been living with this, we've been hearing about this. We have more of an understanding than we had of it a month ago. Right. People have an understanding of what's going on. It's less unknown. Now it's just frustration with people you're having to be closed in with. The fact that this is four, four weeks more at a minimum. Right. You know, people. that's all starting to set in right. for people. And it's four weeks minimum. I, and I remind people that it's four weeks minimum more as long as people keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, there was a post up last night of a place that I won't, mention the name, but there was a place that had a very large group of people at that was open and it was serving certain things and everyone was together and there must have been like 35, 40 people very close together. And I thought, oh, this is going to get a lot of negative press. And of course it did because that's the kind of thing that happens that people, I'm like, and then people wonder why they're stuck. An article I read the other day called it uh, vigilanteism. And, yep. You know, you know, someone sees people in a restaurant 
they're going to go nuts. They're calling the police. They're going to the press. They're doing everyone's quick. I, like I said, I live on Plum Island. Everyone's upset about people on the beach. They want right. to close the beach. Right. You well, it, that's, yeah, like what we talked about last week of the person up in, in Salisbury, wherever, that had the restaurant open, but it wasn't, but someone saw yeah. someone in there, and it perpetuates the, but that's the drama. That's that frustration of, I'm stuck, so you need to be stuck with me. Right. I'm miserable, so why aren't you miserable with me? Yeah. Right? So if we're all going to be there, so we should be miserable together. That's when I say, like, just stay in your own lane, people. Like, you know, your lane is your lane. If you're home and you're doing what you want to do on your continuum and you get to do, you go to your grocery store, you go to your pharmacy, make yourself happy. Stay out of other people's business. Because all you're doing, I mean, how's that helping you? How yeah. is that really helping you? How's it helping anybody to report someone that they have their three people in a restaurant that they might own or someone standing on their balcony saying, I don't want you on my beach? Or, yeah. like, stay in your lane. Because, it just you're you're asking you're bringing more negativity to you why would why would you do that well i know the answer to that because yep. <laughs> it feeds the fire of i oh now i have purpose today now right. i have something to talk about somewhere right now my kids are going to roll their eyes and they're not going to know why but my speech with them all the time all their lives has been unnecessary hard i don't need any unnecessary hard there's plenty of necessary hard you yeah. know why are you bringing me stuff that i can't do anything about i don't have to deal with or you know like i said it's 10 o'clock on tuesday night can we just Sit yeah, down and breathe for a little while. And, and what are you going to do with it? Well, exactly. Right? Yeah. And it's it's all stuff that's out of your control. So it's, you only have, what, what do you have to control today? So, Lou, what do you have control over today? Uh, I get to go up and go to work. Yeah. And you know, just, it's day to, just do it. You know, make sure I'm supplied, make sure I'm okay, make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, try to keep myself safe. Right. Try not to bother anybody else. Right. Yeah. And that and that's it. It's so simple, right? Yeah. And and it, are you miserable when you do that? If you stay to that course and you just, you go and do your work and you do what you're doing, you stay safe, you do all the right hygiene things for you, you don't watch news, you don't get involved with all the drama. Is it? Are you miserable? I'm just I'm frustrated. Okay, so you're point. frustrated, which yeah. is different than miserable. Like yeah. you're not. Are you feel drama filled? Do you feel? Yes. Okay. Can't get away from it. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to take care of what I need to take care of. You know, just let me do that. Right. And and the other thing about this, and this is a life thing for me, too, so maybe I'm oversensitive to it. It's uh, people that I'm trying to help, which is basically everybody. I'm trying to do my contribution here, yeah. just making it harder and harder for me to do it. Yeah. You know, it's like work with me. Don't work against it. You don't even have to work with me. Just don't work against me. Right. Right. Well, that's the whole thing of yeah. negative negative versus productive. And right. I don't use the word positive in this frame because it's positive is always cliche and kind of sort of loses its, you know, meaning in this, in this, in the sugar of it, but productive. It's difference between, you know, don't work against me. Don't be negative. Don't take away from me. If you're not going to help me, then sit here, but let me move forward with right. other stuff or let people move forward. Don't get in their lane yep. and, and don't get in the business. Just do your thing so that you're not, you know, not taking away from somebody. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people that love doing that. Oh, I know. You know, it's, I mean, it's sort of a, you know, I hate to say First it's human nature, but it's, it's also a culturally, a social, socially constructed way of norming, you know, that like if we don't have something going on that's negative, we can't put a negative spin on it, then what are we doing? Well, well because we're children of the media. That's, right. That's the media talking to us. Right. That's our quote unquote collective consciousness. Right. They're all driven by angst. They're, they're all driven by fear. They're all driven by a crisis. Right. Yeah. There are no clicks if there are no if there's no crisis. Right, and it's so hard to stay away from that that you know the collective unconscious or the group think, 
and that's, you know, when you're, you know, if you stand up for something and you're believing in something and you're doing for yourself and you're taking care of you, it's often a very lonely spot because you're not in the collective unconscious. You know, are you a Star Trek fan? Uh, yeah. Oh, you are. Oh, I love that. I didn't yeah. know that. All right. So, so it's like the Borg. Like yeah. Seven of nine, right? Yep. So if you guys are out there and I was wondering where you're going of, with this, but yeah. See? Yeah. So all right. So if you're if you're the Borg and you're seven of nine, you your whole goal is to get everyone to come into the collective unconscious. And so seven of nine, if people don't know the frame of reference, yeah. she is one of the offshoots of seven of nine that broke away broke from away. the collective unconscious and they were always trying yeah. to get her back in. Um the Borg's but, whole purpose is to assimilate you. To assimilate, right, to yeah. assimilate and keep you in check so that everyone follows suit, you know. Right. Um, many years ago, um, my my husband used to, uh, gave me a great metaphor for this, this is that it's like crabs in a bucket. You have crabs in it. Have you ever seen crabs in a bucket? I have not. Okay, so if you put crabs in a bucket, mm -hmm. they all try to get out. But then they sort of give up. But there's always one or two that are sort of always trying to get up over to the side and get out. Yep. What are the other crabs doing? They're always pulling you back in. Pulling you back in. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. So it's whether it's the Borg, if you don't know the frame of reference, you can go yeah. to the crab <laughs> metaphor, right? Because, yeah. you know, dating us on the Borg but our, in Star Trek. Our campfire, yeah. which is social media, which is national media, which is media in general, wants to suck us into a crisis. They need us in a crisis right now. They need us in crisis mode. Right. That's what, that's what fuels who they are and what they do. Right. And uh, they're producers of that. Oh, they're definitely producing the complete, it. Yes. Complete producers. Hey, just really quickly, thank you for all the people that are, are chiming in today. Hi, Eric, and hi, Deb. Thank you so much for listening in today and giving support. I hope you guys are well. Um, anyway, I just wanted to yeah, no. say that. We have lots of people listening in. Um, also wanted a quick, I will come back to that. I just want to make a quick shout out to all the nurses and doctors out there, uh, you know, for everything that they're doing, all the first responders, um, anyone that's essential. I think everybody's essential. I sort of balk yeah. at that word because yeah. I think everybody's essential. And if you're doing your you're doing your piece by staying at home, that means you're essential because you're doing your part of the teamwork, sports right. metaphors that I do for yeah. sports psych. And if you're doing your job because you're helping people with medical stuff or you're being a pharmacist or you're being at work because you're a grocery meat cutter or you're a postal worker or you're like me who has to keep everyone less anxious so that no yep. one ends up in the hospital. Thank you to everybody that's doing that because I think that not enough people are getting appreciation. People are sort of talking about it around the periphery that thank you, thank you, thank you. But I think such a – I think people maybe should do something good today. Think about how you could pay back somebody, even if you don't know them, to say a shout-out to, hey, thank you for doing what you're doing because yeah. everyone's, everyone's essential, every single person, no matter if you're out in the world working right now or if you're home doing your job. Well, that works both ways. The right. whole crisis is telling you that you have to do your part. Right. Well, you have to do your part on the other end, too. You have to exactly. do your part on the economy. You have to do any part in the supply chain. You have to do any part in you know, taking care of your family and you know, making, everything, and making I, sure everything's okay. And I think if people have a sense of purpose that, you know, you've got people like we're out working, right? And we're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing. But you've got people home that can't work in the same way. So I've gotten the sense that people are lacking that sense of purpose. Like if you're not going out, you're not going to work, you're not being out in the world, then you're not essential. And I can't stress enough that you're essential because your job is to stay at home. Your job is to not get in the... I call it the 10-foot range because I'd rather you be 10 feet because yeah. if you're sneezing, you're going to reach me at 6 feet. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 10 feet. So, But, you know, you're still doing 
excellent stuff for everybody because you're doing that. You know, if Maybe you have that's... to go out, then that's fine. But it's still staying within the purpose of your job. Everybody has a job. So if you have think of a sports team, if everyone's not doing their job, they have a terrible season. Right. Right. So everybody has a job on the team. Maybe it's part of that vigilantism. Yeah. For some of them, is that just frustration at not feeling like they're doing anything? Right. Right. Yeah. And so they're watching things. Uh, they're watching things slide in their family, whether it be finances or, you know, education or whatever. And it's like I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting home. You so, know, and that's going to frustrate some people. It's going to put people in a strange state of mind. They're going to need a purpose. They're going to need to do something. Right. Well, the, so the way so I they can... cling to. Well, I'm helping stop this, and it's vital. Right. Yeah. And that's what I want to emphasize is because it's like repurposing that thought process you just said. It's like adjusting it over, modifying it however you want to, you know, it's cognitive behavioral if people want to go technical on the therapy part of it. But it's readjusting and repurposing yourself because that role is so important and people don't realize it. And I've likened it in the past two weeks to when you have, I work with a lot of veterans. So, and they've served in Vietnam, served in Afghanistan, in, in Iraq and, and, they come back with PTSD oftentimes, and th- one of the biggest things that they always report to me is that they always want to go back and either undo or help more, or and the and they're obviously not going back because they're they're no longer going to be deployed for the PTSD or whatever has happened. They're discharged honorably yeah. and so on and so forth, or they're retired. But the longing is a similar feeling yeah. as to what's going on. Is I'm not doing my part. I'm not able to go and do that. So it's frustrating. It's well, it's so painful yeah. to watch. So it's very similar. So I can see the connection between what they go through, and now it's like the collective con- unconscious yeah. of everyone sitting there going, "I can't do my part." But you can, and that's why I repurpose that thought process is everyone can do their part. Because if you don't, we're going to have a bad season. What serves as a purpose for an ex-military person after you've been to war for your country? You, you're coming home and you're working as a landscaper. Does that serve a purpose for you? It, Not it in must the same be a struggle way. for them, right? I right. Mean, Not in the same way. It's got way. a pale compared to the purpose that they served as a member of the military. Right, because you can't regenerate yeah. the exact same feeling that you had when you were doing what you were doing. If you know, if you're right. in wartime and you're serving and you're around you know, mass chaos, yeah. then you can't regenerate that. And that's hard. Yeah. But you have... But if you get that sense of acceptance, which is hard, it's a process, and then you understand that you can't regenerate that, but you can do something with purpose to give back or to help here or things like that, it doesn't mean it's going to be equal, but it means how do you understand it so that you can make sense of it to make it not feel so frustrating, so agitating, or that you're lacking. You know, you don't have to be on the front line to be making a difference. Right. And especially in this circumstance, psychologically, if you are doing what you're supposed to do and you're maintaining good distance, you're maintaining, you know, you know, stay at home. I mean, we're not on lockdown, so we're very lucky in a lot of ways. We're not on lockdown technically. Right. We're not yep. at, you know, we're not at stay, no coming out. So why why would we continue not to serve our purpose to do what we're supposed to do and then let the people on the front lines not have to have so much extra work? Right. It's... It's like a quid Plus, pro quo. The more we all do our job, the quicker we get through this. Right. Or at least that's what we're being told. So we'll but, go with that for now. Well, you're you're adapting. And I yeah. think so people don't like change. We talked about this eight, nine weeks ago, right? No. People talk, I'm the poster nobody child likes for that. change. And I everyone's on that continuum yeah. of, of change dislike. Mm-hmm. So some people are much better with it. Like I'm adaptable. I think it's partially because of my job and also my upbringing. I'm very adaptable. You throw something at me, more than likely, I might not like it sometimes, but I will figure out a way to adjust. 
But there's so many people that don't do that because they're so regimented and yeah. so structured that this just throws them for a loop. And to move outside that little box on either side is beyond them. But this is what everyone needs to do a little bit so that the team does well. Yeah. I'm horrible with change. I know. You've told me. <laughs> <laughs> horrible with change. Because I'm a threat generator. Yeah. Every change is a problem. Right. If something's changing, it's not going to benefit me. It's for the worst. So I got to I got to deal with it. Right. But that's actually not factual. That's I know. not true. I, I understand. Right. And that's where you have to adapt. That's yep. where you have to adapt, Lou. No, I know. I understand. <laughs> I'm aware of it. So I've taken the first steps. Uh -huh. I well, I think you've taken more than the first steps, though, yeah. on that. It's it's because you've adapt. You are adapting. Yeah. Because I mean, we've had the conversations that you've adapted, but it's just that you identify that you don't like it. Yeah. And that is a first step because so many people don't even acknowledge that that's there. That's just like, oh, it's just. You, you know, it's just an awful thing. And it's like, well, it's an awful thing because you don't like the change in your pattern or the change in your structure or your or your your timing of the day or how it's moving you, you know. And yeah, the, the other thing I've noticed is it's less about the change than the anticipation of the change. It's like right. if someone, the worst thing you can do to me, a business to say, hey, we're going to change some things. Come meet with me on your way out of work. It's like, oh, God, are you kidding me? For the next two hours, I'm done. Yeah. You know, because I'm just imagining a hundred things that this change is going to be and how bad it's going to be. Right. You know. Right, because so. you're, you're trying to control yeah. for what you think may be coming in anticipation yep. of the fear of it's going to be terrible. It's yep. all that unknown stuff, which what? is what most people do yeah. just on that continuum. Everyone's got that spot on the continuum. Once I have the cards, once I know the game, I, I, I'll start adapting and I'll start working with it. Right. But, you know, before that's the worst thing you can do to me. Right. And you know, see me before you leave. We're going to change something here. What? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or it's or it's the, you know, it's I need to talk to you about something and immediately yeah. it's something bad. And yeah, then always. people say, yeah. is it something bad? <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. But people do that because we we're you know, I mean, we're trained to no one ever comes to us and said, we'd love to talk to you about something great. Let's have a chat. <laughs> they come, you know, it's it's like yeah. sending you off with your, you know, your kid and saying, wait till your mother gets home. That's never a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> People, Wait till uh, your father gets home. That's never a good thing. Oh, God, no. You People know? get on me all the time because I don't like phone calls. Yeah. I know. It's like my message should be, are you kidding me? Text me. Yeah. And I, I tell people all the time, and it's a joke, but it's who I am. It's like when people start calling me with good news, I'll stop picking up the phone. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's just that anticipation that everything's going to be, they, don't, they want something, they need something, something's going to change. Right. You know, that's going to be a problem for me. Or it's going to add, well, so it's going to add more to you or more, you know, a lot of people say, and, and I feel this way sometimes is phone calls are, are more work. There's, it's not, oh, yeah. it's not going to be, um, oh, thank you or right. add a boy it's, or add a girl. It's, it's going to be a, can you do, I need, yep. this is terrible. I need to tell you something awful. Like it's, yeah. you know, so you, eh. Or, right? it's, or it's a very small thing that's going to take 20 minutes of my time. Right. It's like, I think we should all communicate via Twitter. <laughs> no. 140 no. characters. Do not encourage that. <laughs> Do not, Lou, encourage that. Yeah. I'm so, one of these, you know, that meeting could have been an email, people. Right. Because all meetings could be emails. Well, so, so here's, so here's yeah. the interesting thing about phone calls way before this time is people, as we've gotten further psychologically around phone calls, they take up too much time because yep. it's easier when you're disconnected and you're behind Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, texting, whatever. You don't you don't have to tell someone I gotta go. Right. 
you can it, you can just drop off the radar and there's no hurt feelings. It's socially now norm that it's not a big deal for the most part, except in my business where I have to tell people like the, the nuances because people actually get really anxious over that. Like, what does it mean that they didn't respond sure. back? How yeah. you know, which is a whole nother thing, yeah. right? But it's but with phone calls, I mean. I do this too. If I see something coming in and I know like who it is, mm -hmm. I love them to death, but I know it's not going to be a four minute call. It's going to be a 40 minute call. And it's like, if I don't have that, right. And it's not because I can't say I got to go. It's more that it's hard and then it takes more time. And then it turns from four minutes to eight. And I'm like, it's just easier to say, I'll text you right. or just text me what's going on because I can't. Yep. I don't have, and we're time, we're, I'm time generated in terms of my schedule. So I can't move that around a lot. So we're very structured around right. what happens in that way. So it's sort of like a little bit of what you're saying for me, but also yeah. these other pieces that go along with it. And it's just psychologically, I know probably back 25 years ago before cell phones and all that, I would have picked up the phone no problem and stayed on the phone for the hour. Now I'm like, eh. Because yeah. I've been trained into, I have other modalities to go into. Right. And it makes it easier for us. Plus, I need it concise. I need, we love know, easy. I've usually got three things going on at the time. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And and if you do that, if you get into a conversation, you try to cut people short, or you give them a small window, you feel like you're, you know, you're, you feel like you're being mean to them. Right. But you're not. And if and if you're a threat generator in your head and you think you're being mean to them and I see this a lot, is you think you're being mean, you hang up, right? In this instance, you hang up, and then you start thinking, they don't like me. Right. They're going to be upset with me. Yep. They're not going to like me anymore. They don't think good things about me. Right. I, right? And then you torture yourself. Yeah. Right? And then the next phone call or the next inter interaction you have, you're fine, and you're like, wow, why did I do that to myself? And then you do it again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. It's the creature of habit on that one. Yep. Right? Uh, so... You talk about turning things into positives. And yes. Can you can you make this argument without sounding like the whole pos the old nineteen fifties positive thinking? Like approach? without the just do it Nike symbol. Yeah, without the just do it Nike symbol. Yeah. So I th so the way the way I talk about being positive is productive. Instead of it being cliche like all sugar coated and you know Pollyanna, um, is. Are you being productive? Are you? It's action oriented. People are, you know, those. A lot of t words are words. Right. You can you can say I'm going to do it. I'm happy. I'm good. It's excellent. I'm going to go. It's are you doing? So, it's all about action. What is it that you're doing that is actually giving you some sense of purpose, some sense of happiness? It's not I am happy. It's <laughs> what are you doing yeah. to be happy today? You know, I have, I mean, people have gone the past month, I have, and, and this is an example of sort of generating the productivity. I have a couple people, and there's probably more that I don't know about, that are in my practice that when I get on a Zoom with them or whatever, they're saying, oh, I haven't been out of my pajamas in four days. And I cringe. Yeah. Facially, I cringe. I'm like, that's not going to work. Because one, it's not going to work. But two, <laughs> that's not productive. You need to still get up like you're going to work. Get yourself dressed. Do your same pattern. We're not on vacation. This isn't vacation. Yep. And people are saying, you know, and, and unfortunately, America as a whole gets depressed and anxious, like, on the drop of a dime. Right. And then you add in all the other stuff around in the yeah. periphery, right? America starts depressed and anxious. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's then, that we get out of it for a little while. It's not that we always go back to it. It's just occasionally just we get coming. out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in this one example is productivity, positivity is what action are you taking to make sure that you have some fulfillment today? Just because you're stuck at home, 
Oh my gosh, there's so many projects. I've seen amazing, this is where the positive stuff right. I was telling you about before we got on the air. Amazing things that people are doing as families, as individuals, mm -hmm. projects that have sat in their homes for years. Right. How many times have you said, if I, I, I'll get to it when I have time? When I have time. You and, have time now. <laughs> and when people say now, you know, like, oh, I don't have anything to do, I say that. I'm like, remember that thing that you said? And they're like, oh, yeah. And, and it's the same thing. It's, mm -hmm. You said you never had time. Now you have time. I even have had that. I mean, I don't have a lot of time because I'm actually very busy at this point, but I've even been able to do that because yep. I'm able to structure now what I'm doing a little bit different to be able to do some of those things. And it's been great. Yep. So there is an upside and that's the productivity. But for people in general, if you're finding that you're taking this as a vacation, that's going to slide you into something negative because one is going to be harder. It's like kids that have the summer off and don't do anything in the summer and then getting them geared up three right. days before they go back to school. But they've been staying up till one in the morning and getting up at two in the afternoon. Yeah. And it's, well, how are you going to get that? So if you stay in your structure come May 1st or May 4th or whatever, whenever, it's going to be a lot easier to just go back into your normal thing yep. because you're structured. So productivity like that. So, um, and then positive, you know, positive stuff like if you're watching tv all the time productive is turn the tv off mm -hmm. it's just behavioral changes that are action oriented to make it different than just saying you know i feel good well how do you feel good what did you do today did you go outside yep. did you plant in the garden did you rake did you clean out the attic the basement did you cook something um are you playing games are you writing are you reading i mean there's so many good distractors that are actually yep. productive things that make people more fulfilled and more purposeful given that you might never have a break like this ever again. Yeah. And not to minimize, obviously, that this is a terrible thing, but this is this is like people love to have the fact that, wow, I'd love to have eight weeks off. Yeah. Take well, a course. Well, here's your chance because take, you're not going to get it again, hopefully. Yeah. And therefore, this is an opportunity to take and run with how much positivity, all the books you want to read, all the things you want to write. Online all the songs courses, you, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And there's, oh, and online courses. There's so much going yeah. on that you could tap into to make yourself happier, more productive, which makes it more positive, which makes it more purpose-filled, makes it everything better. But it's moving away from all that chirping in your ear that's negative, 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 negative. And let's not highbrow the purpose thing too much. I, I was laughing because my girlfriend said to me the other night, she's sitting on the couch next to me, and she goes, I love lists. I love checking things off. And it's like going, yeah, everybody loves that. Everyone should be doing it because it's that small little endorphin of – accomplishing something no matter how small it is yes i said i was going to rearrange the cabinets today i got time and yeah. you do it and you check it off and you feel good it, it's a sense of pur purpose doesn't mean you change the world no purpose just means you did something as you said productive right for yeah. you yeah and and it and it counts and so you sort of fall into the camp of like the checklist people yeah and that makes you feel so much better especially when you convert uh, visually see it and then you have people that you know you might be just dawdling around in the house and you do something and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh that's great i finished that or i got yeah. something that i didn't even expect that i'd be doing or i've been meaning that. to do that for years yeah. yeah 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 and you know and you just get into it or you get you know stimulated and that's good unfortunately you have the set of people that are still sitting on the couch yeah and they're not doing anything and they're watching the news or watching ad nauseum netflix and everything yeah. else that's on tv and wasting really valuable time and and also i can't encourage people enough you got to go outside and get sun you know, if we're talking, if we go back to talking about the virus, which I don't need to talk about, yeah. the virus doesn't like sun yeah. and heat. 
and it's cold out today, but still you're building your immunity by getting some vitamin D, you're getting yourself moving. You got to get fresh air. Fresh air. Yeah. And don't downplay fresh air. Fresh air yeah. is super important and 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 having sun, even if it's rainy out, you've got to step outside your house and get out there because it it lifts your mood. You just were talking about endorphins. When you move from inside a space out into the open and get fresh air, it changes the chemical neurotransmitters in your brain and your and your body mm-hmm. to move you into a different space. The longer you have exposure to that, the more it moves. Then you add movement and exercise and, and then you add, you know, good sleep or clean eating or any of those factors. Now you're moving your whole self to be able to go towards something more productive and positive and fulfilled and purposeful and joyful and all the things you want to call it. Yeah. And now's the time to be finding these things yeah. because we didn't there was a lot of unknowns we started down this road we didn't know if it would be two weeks we didn't know we didn't know what it was so it's been two weeks and you're getting to the point where we got to deal with it for at least a month more you know now's the time to start transferring to getting those habits together so you're doing something productive so you can keep going right and you know listen you talk about watching netflix it's like you know for me some of that's productive if i can get a couple hours of that a day that's a recharge well sure and and so and so when i refer to that as more people that are literally sitting all day yeah. all day cuz yeah. i ha- i have clients that are sitting all day and that's you know and they and they've got a list and i've and they brought me a list of all the shows that i could possibly potentially watch <laughs> you know like look yeah. at all the shows that you can watch i'm like oh my gosh yeah. i mean yeah of course it's it's the downtime i'd rather you watch netflix or hulu or any of those than sit and watch news yeah so oh, but it's about not doing it all day and there's people out there that are doing it all day believe it or not oh, I know, and yeah. and that's you know and they get up to go eat then come back and get up to go eat and come back and then you know they go to the bathroom a couple times and watch tv and then they go to bed and do it all over that is not going to help anybody's mental health in that state because even if you're not a depressed per- person by nature that starts that so as i told you that the endorphins and the neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and gab all those things get regulated when you do all the good things they also go the other way when you stop doing so yeah. if you're a person that your pattern is get up in the morning eat breakfast go to work do a little bit maybe exercise a little bit come home um you know dawdle around the house do some things in the house have dinner talk to your family and then go to bed and now all of a sudden you're not doing any of that even that minimal thing that was happening kind of as a, as a stereotypical way of being in life, that drops your neurotransmission of being able to be happy a lot. I mean, the percentage yep. on it, I can't put it on, but I imagine, I mean, I, I could do it individually for, per person, but it's pretty significant because it's just, you can't be shut in a house for four weeks or eight weeks and think that your neurochemistry isn't going to change for the worse if you're not doing good sleep hygiene, good eating exercise, fresh air, and keeping your mind yep. clean. So you just talked about there being a creation of a threshold, and there is a creation of a threshold here. In other words, you get so into these patterns that they're hard to break. And when someone says, well, it's all kinds of online classes, go learn something, people are oh, God, I don't want to do that. It just seems so overwhelming to them. You get caught into these ruts, and it's hard to get out of. Yeah. Yeah. So I've encouraged people. So the online courses, I think, so traditionally, and it's hard for people to do online when you think of like just reading on a screen or something like that. There's so many amazing online courses in so many different structured um, content 
places oh, yeah. that are video right. that you can either you can either watch the recordings and in, and or interact and then be part of it. You can get certified in certain things in your own field if you have some of those things. If you have one a little extra, you've always wanted to take a little extra thing to mm -hmm. have a you know a little bump in your career. That's out there now. I mean, old school technology for online courses was just you know go through, read the t read the text, and then right. take the test. Now it's interactive. You can sign up for live webinars. People from all over the world are doing it. I mean, it's a little bit more fun. And you can pick anything. It's not like you have to, you, can, you know, if you want to learn how to cook, there's this, I mean, I see this all over the place now. I'm, I'm getting inundated with people telling me all their ideas. So there's a cooking thing online now yep. where you can go on and you can be cooking. They tell you what ingredients to get for yourself and then they'll teach you how to do it. And I mean, if people have always wanted to do something like that, what a great way to do it. Yep. And, and it, 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 it just, just stuff. You just pick out something on YouTube. It just, right. You know, there are a lot of instructional Yep. videos out there so i have a friend i'm in a book club and i have a friend that is that's i'll shout her out because she's doing this really cool thing holly hey holly if you're out <laughs> there um but she's um learning russian oh while she's home and i, I said that's like the hardest language <laughs> no, <story>. right? <laughs> I, I was like i can say like one thing in russian like you know yeah. and that's it and and oh i can say two i can say no too so yeah. <laughs> yeah so but she's you know she's she's always wanted to learn russian yeah. So here she is, she's, and she wants to go to Russia. So she's learning Russia, Russian, and that's great. I mean, so it's what an opportunity to find, you have the time, and now you can do it without pressure. And it's, you know, when we want to do things like that, what's our normal? We, we want to do it. And then, the, you know, Sunday comes. We're going to do it on Sunday. And then Sunday, you know, you know, in normal times, friends come over, we have dinner, we go out and do something. Sunday's gone, and well, I'll do it next Sunday. Right. Right now, you got seven days, and she's working from home, but she's doing that, but she's also integrating that her downtime, because there's no interaction other than Zooming or FaceTime or, you know, then she's doing that. What a great opportunity. It's just about channeling your energy into saying, this is actually a good thing that we can take advantage of. Yeah. You know, they have... Um, I saw, so I, you know, I love animals and I love like safaris and all that stuff. And so there's this thing online today. You can join and go on a virtual safari for two hours at seven tonight, you know, and then and it's a live interactive. They drive through the, the, you know, they safari nice. you yeah. through and they talk to you and it's, it's what a cool thing to do. Stimulating, educating, fun. Communal. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's. From, Which is a, a big need these days. Yeah. You know, something communal. And something live and something with more people participating. Exactly. You know. And and it's not, and it's, I mean, I've seen it in lots of different content areas. So it's not like it's just selected for just a little bit of this or that. You know, if you're interested in immunosuppressive diseases, you want to take a course on it, it's out there. Yep. If people are really wanting to educate themselves more on the facts about what's going on right now, there's stuff out there. Facts. You know, really get, or if people want to take a trip to Italy right now and it's not, you know, it's out there. There's all this virtual stuff if people want to, you yeah. know, learn algebra because they didn't do well in school. They always said, I'm going to go back and relearn that. It's out there. Yeah. If you haven't found TED Talks yet. Oh, and, oh, and find TED it. Talks. Yeah. yeah. TED Talks are great. Yeah. You can just pick through those. Right. You know, and that will start you down a path. Like, oh, I need to know more about this. Oh, and it, well, it's it's like a rabbit hole for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I get on, I'm like, I watch one or two and I'm like, oh. And then it slides you over to the next one. I'm like, oh, I like that too. And and it's and it opens up doors that you would never even know that existed in terms of some of the content that's out there. And what a great way to actually spend time because your mind, mm -hmm. you know, people are talking a lot and I've talked a lot about physical activity, keep your mind going. 
but you have to keep your mind stimulated because we're not having as much social interaction, per, right. you know. So this is a great way other than, you know, talking to all your family members that you're getting frustrated with in the house, <laughs> right? Yeah. And or doing, you know, your business on Zoom or something. This is a way to kind of relax your mind and and it's relaxing, but it's building it and keeping it functional and going, you know, because we know that if you don't, you know, you then you set yourself up for Alzheimer's and yeah. other things that are cognitive and decline and it's not like a long time right now, but it could be, and you don't want to have that kind of, you know, just like a muscle in the body, regular part of the body, the mind, the brain does the same thing. It atrophies a little bit. So, And we're in the society right now, we're like the, our dogs with our head, head out the window. Yeah. And, and I remember when this all started for me, I was sitting there going, oh, I've been meaning to paint this place for a while now. Yeah. It's a good time. Go get a couple gallons of paint, and, and I'm here. I'm home. Let's do it. Right. But the thing is, you got your head out the window, and you're just getting hit with stuff constantly, and it's going to slow down a little bit. Kind of has to. But in the beginning here, it was like every couple hours there was a new announcement, and you were losing something, or you were losing work, and you're going, "Should I really go buy paint? You know, should I really go to Home Depot? Yeah, that type of thing." So you're just constantly barraged with stuff. You got to be able to take your head out of the window once in a while because you never get anywhere if you're just taking all this in. Right. Because their their game is to inundate you. That's that's right. the whole purpose of the media at this point. Well, it's it's you know it suppresses you. It's so if you think about physical suppression of the body, right? It's yeah. it, the heavier the weight gets put on you, the more you know the more small you become because you become weighted down. Right. So it's the toxicity of it. It's the it's the inundation that gives you that that sense of you can't move because you can't generate the ideas of how to get out of it like I just gave or you can't find an alternative because you think this is the only thing that can happen and you have to be listening cuz what if something happens? Yeah. Trust me, if you zone out and you don't listen to anything on TV and the news updating you for every 4 seconds with the same exact information, you're not going to miss out. You yeah. will find out if something bad happens and you need to know, I'm sure every neighbor will jump out of their house and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because there will be always the ones that are not doing that. They're, you know, I mean, you're not missing anything from day to day, really. So is that a good first step? Just um, shut the window every now and again? Just no news, no media? Yes. Just get away from it? Yeah, I mean. Even um, if you have to do it like just this afternoon, three to five, I'm not going to do that. And start there. I think taking hiatus from from mainstream media is super important. Yep. Anything that's driven about everyone's dying, look how many people are dying, you're going to die. Yep. Yep. Because one, that's not fact. And two, that's all people hear. And to shut that out is super important because it's not the truth. Yep. It's 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 the it's an overall general umbrella that people because we're fear generated and we're threat generated and because right. we're socially trained like that that's where we go to instead of thinking logically. Plus and, that know. story and one like it and one more like it and right. one more like it will be, right. be there at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. Right. So, you know, you're not, you're not changing your personal situation by being in the stream all the time. Right. Well, that's why I don't put it on in the morning anymore. Right now, it's all off. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then by the time I do see something or hear something, it's usually... <laughs> I have to admit, the first time I usually see something, I'm usually like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, and then I'm like, I'm turning it back off because I get annoyed because I'm like, it's yeah. the same thing. I've, it's literally like, what day is it? My cousin's an, an oncology um, nurse, and, and she does all the chemo treatments for people. And she, and she texted me this morning, and she's like, 
it's when it's only Wednesday, you know, yeah. and she's got she's got all her gear on. And she she Snapchatted me, and and I feel for her because I was like, oh, I woke up this morning, thought it was Monday, because it's the same, you know, if we don't shut it out, and she and we're both feeling similar because we're both very busy with this, and it's that wait, what day is it? And we're both hearing a lot of the same stuff because they have a TV going yeah. and they hear it and she's inundated and I'm inundated and it's the same thing. But if you don't shut it off, it's that feeling, what day is it and what just happened? Because yeah. it's the same. But And my girlfriend last night sitting next to me, I get an oh my God out of her and she's reading a story about, and I had seen the story before, but she's reading a story about how they, the wet markets in China are still open and they're still operating. And yeah, it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's this and that. But what can you do about it? Sitting on your couch at eleven thirty at night, you Nothing. know, why are you di- why are you swimming there? Right. You know. And now, from from me to you, what I would say to her sitting there is, it's good that you're educating yourself to know that, and hopefully, like you can make a difference just in the fact that you know the information and share mm-hmm. it with other people, and yeah. not to be negative, but it's about now you know. Yeah. This isn't this isn't, you know, and it's culturally different. Yep. So. And you don't have control over that. You don't have control over it. But you, what you do have is control over the fact that these things happen all the time, unfortunately. And one of the things I think is good out of this whole thing is I'm hoping people have better hygiene practices mm-hmm. because it certainly pushes for people to do that. I mean, I've seen people that still aren't doing that. But by and large, I've seen much better hygiene, alert, oh, yeah. cognitive movement. <laughs> If we well, could call it that, you know, that people are just much more attuned to. We'll have a different relationship with uh, contaminants germs. and germs right. and, and influencer and everything going forward. Having gone through this once, we'll all have a different relationship with it. Right. I would think. Right. Right. Well, you, so here's an interesting fact. I was talking to a client yesterday that I may have mentioned this last week. A few of my clients that I would have thought would be the ones that, you know, they're much more anxiety ridden. They're much more, you know, threat generators that everything has to be controlled for in order to maintain control. I would have thought they would be the ones that every time they've come to me that I'd be taking them off the ceiling. Right. They're not. And so this one person yesterday, we were having this great conversation about the fact that I said, I'm like, so I didn't have to peel you off the ceiling and you're like the 10th person I haven't had to, but everybody else that is typically my calm level-headed people they're the ones i'm peeling off the yeah. ceiling and so we were talking about i know why, why is that, that is but i know why that is. and i because well, so i'm that I'm person gonna, but go ahead so, tell me what so you my so my clinical theory is and is that people live in threat generation that live in threat generation have already anticipated all the things that could possibly happen so that their mind settles a little bit easier because mm-hmm. in their mind they've already produced out the possibilities they've already gone through all the things and therefore it's like eh not as big of a deal even though it's a big deal. They've already thought it through five million times in the worst case scenario and so on and so forth. And they keep rechecking, rechecking, like, you know, an OCD, germaphobe kind of thing in the brain. And so as opposed to other people who don't do that, now all of a sudden they're in the threat generation of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because they're buying into all the things that they're hearing and they're going to die, whereas the people that already thought they were going to die anyway have been like, oh, well, the worst case scenario has already been planned for. Yep. Uh, For me... This has always been this way for me. I can handle catastrophes. Right. You know, I, I go calm and I go, right. all right, let's deal with this. Right. It's the small things that will drive me nuts. Right. If something doesn't happen the way it's supposed some little tiny thing will just kill me. But the big things I can handle. And part of it is because you're working in those scenarios all the time. Right. You know, and chances are that big thing 
doesn't turn out to be as bad as you imagined it was going to be. Right. It's like, okay, well, I can handle this. Well, and having yeah. that history of, so so we're similar speaking yeah. here, is that, that having the history of also having, okay, I planned for the worst and here's how it turned out and it was fine, that is helpful yes. to people. As much as I don't want to encourage that, <laughs> that's actually helpful for people in this scenario because right. it's that's the, well, you know, I've already planned for it and the fact that, 50 million other times of other chaotic things, it's turned out pretty okay, so I'm going to anticipate the same thing. Yep. Whereas the people that are not in the camp are, I'm going to die, I'm going to get it, what if I get it? And it's it's that leap that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. If I get it, I'm going to die. Instead of, right. if I get it, I'm going to ride it out, I'm going to do what I need to do, I'm going to... Yeah. Like the the normal treatment course that people or, are encouraging. Or more basically, at the beginning of this, people think, I'm going to get it and I'm going to die. Right. And us, the threat generators, are going, we're thinking about it, but we're thinking, well, when I get it, I'll deal with it. Right. You know, I'm going to try not to get it. Right. You know, because wasting all that energy about worrying about what happens when you're going to get it when you don't have it. Right. Is, you know, that's counterproductive. Exactly. You know, drive you nuts. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the questions, because I, I want to make sure I got to, one of the questions I got asked this week, and, and we talked a little bit about off, off air, was that people were saying, you know, not everybody, because just people were like, why are alcohol and, you know, liquor stores open? So so from the perspective of psychology. No, I'm not saying that. Right? Right? <laughs> so, well, some people, you know, some, yeah, they're not staying in their lane, and oh, therefore yeah. they're in people's business. So it's not because, you know, because people are saying it's the economy, it's keeping them alive, they're essential. They are essential, and here's why in my field. They're essential because people are alcoholics. And if you shut down alcohol stores or anything that provides that service and there's no bars open, I mean, this is a, a piece of it and it's not a small piece. You can't, you know how many people will end up in the hospital? I would imagine there's going to be more people in the hospital with alcohol detox than it yeah. would be for coronavirus at that point if you didn't have all the liquor stores open because people have to have X amount of alcohol if they're used to having it. And this isn't just, you know, extreme well, of alcoholism. No, what I've learned from uh, addic addiction shows that I've been doing is that alcohol is one of the most treacherous detoxes. One, right. One of the most physically tre treacherous and dangerous detoxes. Right. So you can die mm -hmm. in detoxing from alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so if people want people not to have access to that, you're shutting off the... So it's like medication. Some people go to the doctor and take medication. Some people go to the doctor and take medication. But some people go to the liquor store and take medication. That's yep. the self-medication piece, you know. And this is not for all the population. I'm talking about the specific, you know, there's a medical necessity for some people to have because that's their medication. So people go and they stock up. If they don't have that, give it three days and there's going to be a load up in, in emergency rooms and right. in, in detoxes. And they won't be able to have the beds for that because and people will die. And that's the danger in alcohol not being available. Not so much the 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 weed dispensaries in terms of detoxing because people right. were saying, oh, but the pot dispensaries are open. Yes, because now it's a medical necessity for some people. People man manage their cancer treatments, their anxiety, their yeah. sleep, their depression. So now it's a medical necessity on that level. So that's different. It's akin to a pharmacy. Right. For so many it's, people. So it's, yeah. so it's medical. So, you know, on, on some level, I mean, it's it, there's a medical reason for alcohol to be still being available to people. Mm -hmm. be, and, and it's not the recreational users, people who just have like a, their glass of wine with dinner kind of thing. This is people that, and there's a lot of people that have the affliction of the ism of addiction to have right. to be there, you know. So that's one reason why 
that from my business point of view of knowing clinically people are still keeping liquor stores open is because you have to be able to allow people to have their medication. Plus, I think what happens here, and I, this this will get political, and I don't want to get political, but this is... I'll the, reel you back in. Don't you worry. <laughs> this I'm is reading the same, something. This is the same situation as gun control, because what happens is in lo- localities, everything's different. A handgun in New York City is different than a handgun in Austin, Texas. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you have to deal with it on the scale and in the context of where it is. You go around here at liquor stores, grocery stores, even regular stores... Even within the Merrimack Valley area here that we're operating in, there are different problems. In other words, some are extremely crowded. There are long waits. People are close to each other. That's a problem. Yes. There are stores around here where it's not a problem. Right. You know, I'm up in, not to give it out, but, (laughs) you know, Seabrook. Don't tell. You get Seabrook, you get a liquor store and a grocery store in the same plaza. Right. It's not crowded. There's nobody there. Right. It's not, you know, in fact, it's less crowded than usual. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's my experience when I've gone in, you know, since the past three weeks it has been closed down and everything else. I mean, I've seen appropriate, for lack of a better, appropriate usage of the stores in that way. I mean, there are times. I think better than like the grocery stores. I think I've seen a lot of not so good stuff in the grocery stores, but I've seen better um, spacing, if you want to call it, or just more you know, yep. containment in, in the liquor stores I've seen. But if you're in Manchester, New Hampshire, you're in Boston, and you're seeing one thing in the grocery stores and in the liquor stores, right. that's a different context than what might be going on in Seabrook or what's going on in Amesbury or what's going on. Sure. You know, well, and, and, and you this think, is why local governments have to make some judgment calls here, too. Right. Yeah. And then you think of, like, just the context of the demographic. You've got that dense, more dense population exactly. and, and the spread of people in more rural areas that it just impacts the the load on, on, the, on the system, so to speak. Yeah. But so, so when people are saying liquor stores shouldn't be open, well, maybe they shouldn't be open in Boston. You right. know, maybe they shouldn't be open in Nashville. You know, there right. are liquor like stores. Like in the, in the bigger know. cities. If you're on the 95 liquor stores in New Hampshire, you know, right. that's not, there's no crush there. Right. It's not like there are 100 people in the store at a given time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, well, so I, I just think it was important for me to address that because I've gotten that question yeah. in the past couple of weeks a lot with some people being totally, yay, it's awesome for whoever, but then people are very upset about it. Yeah. But there's actually a there's actually a real legitimate reason from my line of work of why they do stay open. I don't know if that was, you know, Governor Baker's reason, but from my perspective, when I first heard things were all being locked down, I worried because I see a lot of people who have addiction issues and have alcohol in their in their lives and, and utilize that as, as their friend, their connection, their everything. And yep. and so that would be just from my clinical perspective, such an important thing because it's, you know, you know, addiction addiction is connection for people and that's how they connect. So you take that away from them and they and you're also socially disconnected anyway. Yeah, that, that just a big problem. You know? again, I, again, I do three addiction shows now, and people are talking about even losing the meetings. Yeah, well, so, which is gone, so the for them. meetings have gone. Uh, they've gone online. Online. Yeah, but they would, you know, they're talking about it. it's a little bit different experience. It's an adjustment that people sure. have to make. Sure. But you know, they'll find a way to make it. But adapt. But you know, adaptability. This is the new normal right now. Mm-hmm. So yep. and and you know. I always try to look for that productive side of it is what's good about it. Well, you may be able to get more people to attend. Yes. You may get the message, you know, you may not have exposure to these people that you wouldn't, you have that now that you didn't have. I mean, there's so many upsides to those particular things that you wouldn't have had before. Yeah, you create these networks where there's instant accessibility for an addict. Instead of having to get in a car, there's not a meeting till Tuesday. Right. And I know they have sponsors and they can do that. Right, or it's at noon and I can't usually get there, so I'm working. Or so now it's... Yeah. You know, they've gone 
all, you know, all over the place. They're doing, you know, different sections of them, A walls and all kinds of big book meetings and different sections. You know, there's different, you know, A, A, N, A, G, A, all of them. They all have different sections. Like you can go to like an adult meeting, a closed meeting, a, an, um, a big book meeting, um, a speaker meeting. Now it's, they're all still doing it, but they're bigger. Yeah. And therefore you've got a better connection and sense of, of, you know, you might find someone that you didn't know before that might be able to help you or they're close by and you didn't know. It, yep. It's just a, you know, a bigger generator of something more productive for people or, or maybe the universal shared experience that allows people to see, Hey, I'm not alone, which is the whole point of the, you know, support groups is right. I'm not alone. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's, yes. let's go to the checklist thing. Okay. Start a small checklist for starting to turn things around a little bit and knowing that we have to deal with four, five, six more weeks of this. Uh, the first thing on the checklist is cut yourself off from media for cut yourself, which is what I've been saying yeah. for the, right. You know, cut yourself off from media and and by the way, start small. Just yeah, carve yeah, it's not out the whole two day, hours. Yeah, which would be good. Yeah, <laughs> but so main. So and when I say media, I think it's mainstream. Like get your sources. Like we talked about last week. If you're going to watch media, don't watch just one. Triangulate. Yeah. Get sources. Say I'm only going to watch an hour today. Make sure you're watching a variety of things because you're going to hear different things. Oh, on triangulation is important. I mean, you just don't isolate yourself into one thing. I mean, looping CNN or Fox over and over and over again. Because the media has a different agenda than straightforward information and help. Right. That's not what the, that's not what they're about. That's not what they're trying to do. They're trying right. to attract eyes. And so you know, so think if you're only listening to one one channel, it, it's unidimensional. Yep. We are three D. Mm -hmm. So we have to have the triangulation piece. If you have one narrative only, and this is to one of the our listeners' points, changing the narrative is only going to come. When you have multiple sources of information and alternatives in your mind and changes your adaptability because you're going, okay, here's this and here's this and here's this other piece and what makes rational, reasonable, and realistic sense. Yep. Not that that one very blinded thing, whatever that is. I don't care if it's this way or that way. It's more like you have to have multiple pieces so that you don't become locked in to this space that you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on or what you believe. It's about how much information do you really have to make the best choices for yourself instead of it just being told to you. Yeah. You know, critical thinking. So the checklist. So, right. I would actually first start of get up and don't watch anything. <laughs> right. And get up <laughs> start and start your day. Start your day. Yeah. That's your first checklist. Get up, set a time. If you're normally up at seven, you should be up at seven. Mm -hmm. You know, don't sleep till nine. Yep. If you know, and, and your kids. Same thing. Everyone should be doing the Zoom things. I know everyone's up and running on that. But, okay, so if you're an yeah. adult, get up, start your day. If you want, you know, to use media, I guess, that, and you want to do it, pick your time. Yep. Um, structure your day for three or four hours of something, like the day before or for the week of this week. You know, if you're not working, I'm going to read. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to have a couple things that are are filling up a work day so to speak yeah. or something that would mimic or give you the same sense of when you're typically working so if you're an 11 to 7 person find something to do between 11 and 7 that's going to fulfill your time online course painting running walking listening to something new writing calling friends something so that you're occupying your time that it's not just idle time yeah so, and then making sure that you s schedule your day just like you would normally. You eat your breakfast if you're a breakfast eater, you eat your lunch, and you eat your dinner. 
you know, just keep it so it's structured yep. so that you're not falling into this kind of amoeba. But I'd, ca- I'd caution, don't look at it as an eight-hour block right now. Right, no. Just no, do you don't something. have to. Something you, small. Yeah, it's, it's just little blocks Have some at things time. on if your you're list. 11 to, yeah. Like 11 to 7, if you're an 11 to 7 shifter, yeah. like pick a little block of two or three hours in there that you're going to do something so that you feel productive. Yeah. You know? This week I'm going to walk every day. Right, exactly. Or, or I'm going to do... I'm going to do 50 push-ups a day. Exactly. You know, just small things that you can check off. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the, they add up. Any, and anything that is going to give you the structure of your day so that you know that you have a purpose to be productive so that you're not going, oh, God, I didn't do anything. Yeah. When's this going to end? Is this getting longer? Oh, my God, it's only April 1st. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's 30 more days. Uh-uh. It's I have to get up this morning. And I'm going to eat or I'm going to go for my walk. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to call my neighbors. Then I'm going to the grocery store if I need. Like, so, but I would schedule that all out as if you're making appointments for yourself so that you have something visually to look at to go check, check, yeah. check. So that, it, you know, and you make your schedule, but make a schedule. Yes. So that that gives you a sense of purpose. Yep. It goes right back to the beginning of what we were talking about. Checklists. Yeah. Crossing off things is very cool. Right. <laughs> it makes you happy. Right. It's not a good thing. So I have the caveat to that. It's not a good thing <clears throat> for people that are that OCD type that completely go over the oh, top. Yeah. But it's good for the typical yeah. person, you know, because some people have checklists that never get finished. And right. then, right. But for people. But even that are, that's okay. You've got seven things on your checklist. You get five done. Hey. Right. It's okay. And, I, and that's the point is if you have a checklist, it doesn't mean that you have to do everything on it. But if you have a standard checklist of, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do for yep. me today. And tomorrow and whatever. And then you might have a couple other things you might have. You know, oh, it's the 10th. I have to pay bills today. Make sure that's on there so that you can yep. say, I did it. But keep your checklist general and, and easily attainable things that you can yep. say, I got it. I, t- I tangibly can do that. Can I add to the list? And this isn't about turning into positivity, but this is important. You, you deal with kids a lot. Yeah. Heard the kids. In other words, don't let them go float in this thing, too. Right. They're reading stories and they're dealing with this and they've got a lot of angst. It's like... They bring you a story. It's like, yeah, no, I understand that. How's your English project coming? Right. You know? Right. Get, get them to the things they can control. Get them in, into things that they have to deal with. You know, you don't block them off from it. You don't hide it from them. Right. But you don't let them just drown in it either. Right. So what you do for you is the same thing. And that's why I think it's good that all the schools are coming back up online for being, you know, in school for three, four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Because that's one of the things I've been seeing with my kids and my teenagers is that it's... They're not doing anything, and they're playing, you know, they're on, they're doing exactly what I've been saying that people are doing. Yeah. They're on the TV. They're watching stuff. They're on, you know, their video games, and they're sitting. No one's exercising because, you know, mom and dads are working or, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. Right. But the problem is, is nothing's being channeled into something. And I keep saying it's not vacation. It's not vacation. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are treating, that first yeah. couple of weeks, people were treating it like it's vacation. Think how hard it is for you. Right. To become productive imagine what it, what it's like for a teenager right yeah. exactly and 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 i know because i'm seeing someone later that is having this problem and this is a common problem of their teenagers are you know it's teenager time anyway so it's rebellious and it's yep. and they're getting the flack back of i want to go and hang out with my friends i want to have sleepovers i want to this is ridiculous i'm yep. not I, nothing's going to happen to me what's you know and I foresee the conversation for the 50th time in the past two weeks that I'll have with them today about, well, these are the things that you have to do to respect that. And they have elderly grandparents and they, it's, you know, and and to be able to understand. But, you know, when you have your parent telling you that, 
versus the outsider. But yep. it's it's the common mindset for for teenagers is I can't get this. It's no big deal. It's interrupting my life because teenagers sit in that spotlight effect of <laughs> Right. It's all about me, yeah. and you know, and and so they don't care. Right. Not that they don't care, but it's just that's what it's, teenagers do. It's their mindset. It's the mindset. Right. It's like, wait, this is disturbing my whole social life, and this is, you know, well. And they're probably capable enough to know that they can't go with their friends, can't go hang out with their friends at the mall or whatever. Right. If that's what kids still do, I don't even know. But yes, they do. <laughs> if that's they what, do. Fridays and Saturday nights. But that gets transferred into other impulses. Yeah. You know, it gets into you know, let's order some. You know, Kentucky Fried Chicken at twelve thirty at night. That's right. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Right. You know? Exactly. You know, they they want the impulse. And they, I can't. I don't have control over this, but I think I have control over this. I can get what I want. I can. You know. Right. And, right. Because it's well, and it's also occupying their time. Yeah. Right. Because right. it's they're bored, but they wouldn't be bored if they had structure. Right. If they were, if their parents were requiring them to do the work, show them the work, but that's a that's a whole nother topic of. <laughs> parenting yeah. right is like you know active parenting versus passive parenting which is a whole other psychological phenomenon yeah. we can do a whole show on lou excellent so the time on the wall says yep. we're done time to go. so everybody have an amazing week and try to be productive and do your checklist and get out there <laughs> and and um try to be productive as best you can and stay away from all that negative stuff right all right lou have a good week all right